Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Have you ever shopped at a family dollar store? Well, if you've shopped at a family dollar store in Arkansas, Louisiana, Alabama, Missouri, or Tennessee, you may have come across contaminated and unsafe products. You know, like food items, cosmetics, animal foods, medical devices, over-the-counter medications, you know, all the stuff you buy at Family Dollar. Well, apparently there was a complaint that led the FDA to investigate a distribution center in West Memphis, Arkansas. Yes, I know. So you have products purchased from the first of the year until now that could be contaminated. Uh, contaminated with what? Well, inspectors found live rodents, dead rodents, in various states of decay, rodent feces, and urine, evidence of gnawing, nesting, and rodent odors throughout the facility, dead birds and bird droppings, and products stored in conditions that did not protect against contamination. Oh, (laughs) is that it? Yeah. That's it. Now, no one has gotten sick because they're saying anyone who purchased these products is advised to wash their hands immediately after handling them and to contact the stores affected. Officials warn you should not use any drugs or medical devices, cosmetics, or supplements purchased there. You know, any of the products you may have purchased at Family Dollar. Now, the company is working with the FDA to initiate... A voluntary recall. Yeah, this is voluntary. 100% voluntary on the Family Dollar Distribution Center's part. So if you purchased products uh, in those states from Family Dollar, uh, be sure to, and I'm sure you have. Look, during the pandemic that we're still in, I guess, uh, anytime I come from the stores, man, I mean, it's... uh, you're washing your hands, you're wiping it down with uh, whatever germ killer lube you have available to you. So I'm sure that you've taken care of. But if you haven't and you've purchased those products, you may consider taking them back. I'm just saying. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. <laughs> Another animal story that I find just amazing. So there's a black bear (laughs) in California called Hank the Tank. Now he's known to officials now because he's broken in and damaged dozens of homes. He's responsible for hundreds of calls to the police department and the Department of Fish and Wildlife. And they're trying to track Hank the Tank for more than six months now. 
So I think, okay, well, man, we've got to, you know, we've got to trap this bear. We got to get rid of it. We're humans, right? We don't put up with this. The bear has lost his fear of humans. He's looking for food and he's breaking into homes and destroying things. Well, uh, then I read where this last time, not very long ago, the bear broke a small window and squeezed into the home where the homeowners had no idea how to get him out. Now, the officers responded and banged down the outside of the house until Hank came out the back door. Then they stayed in the area to ensure he continued on his way without damaging or entering other homes. Wait, what? They let him go? Why are you... I mean, I get getting him out of the home, all right? He's in the house. We bang on the house. We get him out of the house, and then he walks out the back door. Then... And if that doesn't work, but to let him go, are you kidding me? I mean, people are saying now that uh, they've got to be able to protect their children and walk outside of the house. Yeah, no kidding. And so one lady said, I've been in this town for 40 years. I haven't been locking my doors until recently. Well, I mean, good for you. But uh, I believe that we should have already put it down. Uh, I know killing it is a move the Bear League calls cruel and unnecessary. Uh, No, it doesn't and isn't. Uh, The Bear League said it's still waiting to hear back from Fish and Wildlife about a possible sanctuary move. Meanwhile, a meeting on the issue is set. Okay, well, that's great. Uh, Hank the Tank needs to go down, okay? When we catch him, they're still going to put him down. Okay, it's going to happen. Is that Hank the Tank? (laughs) Stuff him, put him in town hall and say, this is the bear that tormented our area for six months. We put him down. Or set him out front and let it sit there as a message to other black bears in the area. Don't mess with our homes like Hank the Tank did. Or (laughs) that's going to happen. As long as we're talking about gun shooting, uh, let's talk about uh, Alec Baldwin. Ah, All right. Uh, (laughs) It looks now that it's possible he didn't pull the trigger. I know. It's amazing. So apparently, I mean, look, the death of Helena Hutchins is still horrible. And they're suing and there's multiple lawsuits against Alec. But the Santa Fe District Attorney now says, uh, you know, they've been investigating uh, Helena Hutchins' death and uh, confirmed that you can pull the hammer back without actually pulling the trigger and without actually locking it. So you pull it back part way, it doesn't lock, and then you let it go. The firing pin can hit the primer of the bullet, although she says that it's unclear whether or not this was the case in the rust shooting. So she still you know, leaves it open for the possibility that Alec pulled the trigger. Uh, It still is possible. Now, the other lawsuits are talking about, you know, ammunition suppliers and uh, the safety on the set and everything else surrounding the case is just, you know, amazing. And I don't know. I mean, Alec (sighs) seems to have moved on. And so we'll see. I know that, uh, you know, we've got uh, industry-wide conversation about safety. 
You know, I see pictures of movies now and thumbnails of teasers for movies all the time with guns pointing at the camera, just away from the camera. And that's not going to change because that's what we, the viewer, want to see. Okay, so the safety of the sets will need to be addressed, but I don't think we're ever going to you're not going to lose that part of filming. It's just not going to happen. But, uh, you know, so that's kind of good news for Alec Baldwin. And it's good news for me, so I don't have to do the story anymore and worry about you know, saying his name and having the gun fired. I did see the uh, post from his wife talking about uh, her marrying into the into the industry, and she can't believe how many things are made up uh, about people. Really, this coming from the woman who lied about where she was from for years. Oh, okay. I, yeah, we got it, Hilaria or Hilaria or however you pronounce your name, wife of. Alec. And I see where he just purchased a new house. <laughs> I just bought a new place in Bennington, Vermont. I love Bennington, Vermont. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it is beautiful. And I've spent some time there. It's gorgeous. He just bought an 18th century farm that features, I mean, this is the houses of the hoity-toity, uh, 55 beautiful acres, 3,600 square foot main house, 1,800 square foot guest college cottage two baths numerous outbuildings updated horse stalls several pastures expansive landscaped lawn areas pleasant views and a pond with a picturesque waterfall spillway and substantial renovations that have taken place in recent years i mean (laughs) times are tough times are tough for the baldwins i know so congratulations to them. And I know these ongoing lawsuits are, are going to be tough. So they'll be able to get away from the the rush of the city and get up into Bennington and, uh, and uh, you know, have a quiet time with the family. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. Did you see, so this weekend I found, (laughs) I found my red man skull cap. Okay. My red man chewing tobacco skull cap. I had it sent to me a few years ago and I had it in a drawer in the closet. And I just, this, this weekend I was like, Oh, there's my red man skull cap. And I love it. And, uh, I always wanted a red man cap. And I finally had, uh, someone who I used to work with. She sent me one. And it was awesome. And when I was working in the grocery business, you know, we had the chewing tobacco section along with the other tobacco section. And I always wanted to have the guy that brought in the red man tobacco to get me a hat. He never did. Bastard. So uh, I finally got a red man skull cap. So then I said, well, you know, I bet I'm surprised they haven't changed their name yet. Well, they are. And they have. I, I don't know if I talked about it. I certainly didn't remember talking about it at all. And this story is dated a month ago. Uh, for those of you listening live today, you know that it's the uh, Monday, the 21st of 2022. And so it, uh, you know, it's a month ago this story was from talking about how the brand long associated with Richmond's tobacco industry, top-selling brand of chewing tobacco in the United States, changing its name. 
and removing a stereotypical image of a Native American from its product packaging. Of course, the top-selling brand of chewing tobacco in the United States is so horrific, we've got to change. And so Red Man Chewing Tobacco, which has been sold in the U.S. for more than 100 years, you may know if you're a chewing tobacco aficionado that its name is now America's Best. Isn't that special? So if you find some uh, Red Man Chewing Tobacco packages, good luck. (laughs) That's probably, they're probably all off the shelf now. Uh, But if you find one, go ahead and purchase it because that's a collector's edition now, man. Wow. Just amazing. It's really, it's really amazing. It's uh, the number one selling chewing tobacco in the United States, which I never liked, by the way. I never liked to chew. Uh, I've known a lot of people who chewed and uh, I just couldn't ever do it. It just wasn't in me. I could smoke. But to chew, oh, and the Red Man is the uh, loose leaf tobacco. Oof, that oral, ooh, I don't know. Just, I never could do it right. But they were, they claim, they claim they were under no pressure to change the name. They just uh, felt that it was time. Yeah, it's time. And of course, the Cherokee Nation Principal Chief Chuck Hoskin Jr. said that nationally, we are moving away from the use of derogatory terms and depictions of Native Americans as product mascots because representations are stereotypical caricatures and they do not honor us or reflect how we live and thrive, both as individuals and as unique tribal nations. Yeah, now nobody will know there were chiefs. I mean, who do? is it derogatory to have a tobacco named Red Man Tobacco? I, I uh, you know, okay. Okay, you got me. It is. It's now America's best. Congratulations. All right, so I got an email, chewingthefat at theblaze.com. You can always email me anytime, chewingthefat at theblaze.com. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR, Facebook and Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio, Getter, JeffyJFR, and I just signed up for the new Trump thing, so we'll see how that works out, although I couldn't get any names that I wanted on the Trump social, so... We'll see. Uh, I don't know that. uh, We'll see how long that lasts. Anyway, this email uh, was from someone a little unhappy with me. I know. uh, We'll just call the person Chad. A little upset with me uh, about bees. Subject line, bees. I'm a small hobby beekeeper, not beehivist. Yes, a full-size hive could contain 60,000-plus bees easily during summer. I thought you guys were big fact-checkers. I now have doubts. I live in South Dakota where lows can get to minus 40 at night. In the winter, my hives, correctly called colonies, come inside a climate-controlled building. I keep them at about 40 degrees. The science behind beehiving would be inconceivable to you. Please do your research on any topic as you do our Alzheimer's president, even on other subjects. Trump 2024. Yes, I'm on your side, but if you want to talk beekeeping... 
proper terminology in parentheses, then let me know. Bees are responsible for one-third of the food you eat, and hobby beekeeping makes up the majority of beekeeping, just like blue-collar makes for the most taxes. I'm awesome. He uses another word there that says F, I'm awesome. And he gives me a phone number to call. Try me, brother. I speak the truth. Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, I was talking about a theft of a hive and I found it difficult to believe that uh, a hive would have 40 to 60,000 bees in it. Four stacks, uh, apparently I'm told is a colony and they could have according even to chat here that they do. Uh, but I can call you whatever I want. <laughs> and I believe that you're called a beehivist. Okay. I've started that. That's my word and I'm sticking with it. Okay. You're a beehivist. The science behind beehiving means that you are a beehivist. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just asking a couple of questions, Chad. So, I mean, it's okay, bro. It's okay. I got you. All right. I love bees. I'm a fan of bees. I was the one who said we should bring bees to Afghanistan. So that when, that's when we first started realizing that we were losing bees around the world. And I wanted Afghanistan to just be the bee, the bee world. But it didn't do it. So I wanted, I wanted Afghanistan to be known as the beehivest central country in the world. But no, that didn't happen. Anyway, uh, I, I'm not going to apologize for using beehivest. That's my word. You can call yourself whatever you want to call yourself. That's fine with me. Okay, so I finished inventing Anna this weekend on Netflix. Uh, it was a fun ride. Julia Garner, what's-her-face from Ozark was uh, Anna Delvey, Anna Sorkin, uh, Sorkin. And uh, it was it was fun. It was fun. It made me want to be on her side. She got 12 years in prison. She just got out and uh, last year. And then she was arrested by ICE after that for, uh, you know, having an expired visa. And she's in the middle of fighting that uh, right now in real life. But uh, it made me want to like her. And uh, I want to be on her side, even though, you know, she was scamming people. Because I want to believe, I mean, she was so close. If the money had come through, if the 40, they, they, in court, they made it look like she was never going to get the money. But she was close to getting the money, this, this deal with these bankers and attorneys for at least 40 million for her idea. And, uh, if the, if she had gotten that money for her idea, that would have put her in the elite and then the ball would have been rolling. There would have been no stopping it, but, or she would have just blown all the money and gone back to scamming again. Cause she was just living off people, but the rich people were so angry that, uh, you know, they let her in and it was all a scam. And so they were not, they did not let her end well. And she ended up with, you know, years in prison for scamming them. And, uh, you know, she scammed a, a number of people and businesses out of, uh, you know, thousands of dollars. And so, you know, we're there. I did enjoy the fact that it showed uh, how the press and the entertainment business in New York felt about Trump at the time when this was actually taking place. Trump was president. 
and uh, it was how they felt about Trump and you know ruining of democracy and it was it was interesting that they you know I, I felt that they actually showed how they felt uh, because how you feeling now how's that looking now to you uh, anyway it was it was fun and I liked uh, the fact that in one part uh, the one attorney who was you know had kind of she got them, man. She got these people. She she soaked them in, man. And she's she once you're in her web, man, you're not getting out. And so this attorney, you know, was on her side trying to get the money, and he was and he was close to getting the money from uh, the bank for her, which you know he later said that there was there were there were never close to getting the money, but that's not really true. But uh, the reporter says that he got a promotion from the deal. Nobody ever paid for it, but he really didn't get a promotion. He technically got a promotion to another p- department. He was in, they put him in charge of some European thing for their law firm for a couple million dollars a year uh, as uh, that was his salary. But there, that was, I mean, $2 million a year to him was nothing. He was making, you know, he was making a lot more money than that doing what he was doing before Anna. And so, and, and they showed how he paid for dealing with Anna and almost getting hoodwinked by her is he had always, he played racquetball at this special, you know, club for the elites. And he was always, they always saved court one for him. And, and after the Anna deal, they showed him going to the club and he had to go to court 12. He had to do the, sh- the walk of shame through all the other rich guys playing racquetball to the 12th court. So he didn't make out. It wasn't a good deal for him at all, which the reporter tried to make it seem like it was, you know, that he didn't pay for dealing with Anna. But he did. He did pay for the Anna deal. Uh, very much so. I mean, he took a pay cut while they put him in charge of, you know, gave him a, shoved him in the back corner, taking care of some European accounts, which he was making no money on for, you know, and getting a couple million dollars a year, which was nothing to what he was making on all his other accounts. And he had to play racquetball on court 12. (laughs) The horror. I mean, they all paid a price. All of them paid a price for the Anna deal. It was, it's incredible how she affected so many people's lives. And they bought into it, man. She sold them all. It was pretty amazing. Okay, let's do a Who Died Today? Who Died Today? Probably going to be a whole segment because we have Jean-Luc Brunel, a fashion agent linked to Jeffrey Epstein. He was uh, one of Jeffrey's uh, pimps, got him girls, according to, you know, allegedly. Uh, and he faced uh, charges of underage rape, and I don't know how many charges he had against him. Uh, he was found dead uh, in his cell in France. Amazingly, oh gosh darn it, who shut those cameras off? They weren't on. I told you guys to leave the cameras on. So there's no footage of the actual suicide of him uh, killing himself. Huh, 
that's uh, really strange. So, uh, I mean, Jelaine is uh, really nervous, and she should be, because uh, they could be coming at any time. And so we have, then we have Bernie Madoff's sister and her husband dead in suspected murder-suicide. Oh, okay. Yes, that's right. They were found in a Florida, uh, in Florida, on apparent murder-suicide. Wow. I mean, she was 87. He was 90. And their lives, I guess, you know, were destroyed, obviously, with many others, with the Ponzi scheme from Bernie. I mean, they were living in Florida. I don't know if they were living, you know, how they were living or what they, what kind of money they had, if any. But, uh, I mean, just uh, another, another death surrounding the outskirts of Bernie Madoff. Then we have the Walking Dead actor, Moses J. Mosley. And you say, well, a Walking Dead actor, yeah, he was, he played a pet zombie of Michonne. Uh, it was early on in the uh, in the Walking Dead world, uh, so he was there. But he played it was a great character. Michonne had these uh, Walker slaves. It was a tremendous idea that she used to travel with, and that's what kept her safe because other Walkers would not come around when uh, there were other Walkers. You know, they were there after live beings. But her Walkers, she cut their jaws off and chained them up. They were her Walker slaves, and. Uh, Anyway, he was, you know, so it got him, he made him part of the Walking Dead universe, actor Moses J. Mosley. Well, he was found dead, and originally they thought it was a suicide. That's what they said. Uh, a bullet to his head, uh, gun in his lap. When he was found to have a loose grip on the gun, as if another person had placed it there. Oh, huh. Isn't that kind of strange? Yes. Now the family members suspect he was kidnapped and murdered. And the death was made to look like a suicide. So we've got that case hanging over us. Just amazing. I I know. Uh, It's just uh, incredible. Then we have Ed Sheeran. Who, okay, Ed's not dead. But he is planning for his death. Okay, his neighbors are pissed. Ed wants to build a burial crypt on his property in the UK. <laughs> He's got the neighborhood. They're a little pissed at Ed. I know. If the guy wants to build a crypt on his property, let him go ahead. It's an eco-friendly crypt, so get over it, okay? So it's already been approved by the town, whoever has to improve it for the town. It's already, it's a... It's a $5 million two-story structure on his 16-acre Framlingham estate. He wants a private chapel with stained glass windows, heating provided by an environmentally friend pump, as well as a brick, timber, and concrete crypt. Okay. I, you know, and it's okay. Now, people are a little ticked. The neighborhood... Uh, a little mad, saying the area is well served by local churches. There's no need for a well-known person to create his own island of calm when lovely places of worship abound in the area. Uh, Ed could do what he wants. It's his property. Move on with your life. Okay? Yeah, that's right. If he wants to be buried and have his own little chapel and crypt, let him go ahead. <laughs> Isn't that what we used to do anyway? Right? We used to have our crypts on our own property. 
Well, if people buried, had their own burial grounds on our own property, we're close to going back to those days. That's for sure. So, uh, anyway, uh, he didn't die, but he is planning on his death. And then I see a story that says archaeologists find evidence of first ear surgery on a 5,300-year-old skull. So a group of archaeologists found this skull from 5,300 years ago, and they claim that it uh, may have belonged to the first ear surgery patient. Uh, The skull, which Spanish researchers found in a Spanish tomb, you mean like a crypt? Uh, showed several cut marks around the left ear and the canal, implying a surgery around the ear to relieve pain. For me, uh, that would imply that he was tortured. And (laughs) that was an ear surgery. Uh, The guy died uh, being tortured, and then they threw him into the tomb. Okay, He either told them what they wanted, or he didn't tell them what they wanted. But either way, he died. So apparently this was, he may have suffered as a result of autus media and mastoiditis. Is that what that's called? Mastoiditis. Yeah. Like I said, so he may have suffered from mastoiditis and uh, okay. So maybe he did suffer that. We don't know that. All we know is it shows that there were procedures done around his ear. I think it was torture. That's all I'm saying. I believe that uh, it was torture, and then we threw her into the tomb. But nobody said that. They want to believe that it was some kind of, you know, ear surgery. All right. Oh, and then we have the lady who jumped off the ship. (laughs) That's not funny. So a passenger uh, from Cozumel, Mexico, to New Orleans in the Gulf of Mexico had 2,980 guests. Uh, 1,180 crew members, and they were cruising back to the U.S., and they got into a scuffle. The lady was in the hot tub. They pulled her out of the hot tub. They haven't said what the scuffle was about. They got her out of the hot tub. They handcuffed her, and then she jumped over the side. There was one report, and by jumping over, she was up on like the 10th deck or whatever, and by jumping over, she just didn't jump directly into the gulf. Some reports were saying that she jumped, hit one of the uh, lifeboats and a ledge and then went into the ocean. So then there's a video of one of the rescue rings in the ocean, but you don't see uh, you don't see any body bobbing up and down. But they searched for her. They searched all over for her for hours and they can't find her. So they just called it off. The Coast Guard's like, yeah, we're done. Uh, man, sucks when that happens, and our deepest sympathies to the family during this difficult time. But uh, we are providing support to the guest's husband, who was traveling with her. And uh, you know, we're we're sorry. This isn't the first passenger to go overboard on a carnival ship, so it's the way it goes. I mean, incredible. So- <laughs> <laughs> and then they called off the search. Yeah, we brought her in the helicopter. We looked around. She, she'll turn up. I mean, we don't know where she's going to turn up. Right? I mean, she could have a month from now float into Florida, to float into Texas, float into Louisiana, float into Mexico. We're never going to know where she's at. Or she might run into some other cruise liner. You know, they could be out there and hear that. Something's banging on the bottom of the ship. What is that? Oh my gosh, that's that passenger that jumped off. It could happen. 
And it wasn't an accident it was meant. I mean, there's got to be some kind of other issue. If you're handcuffed and then you jump off the top of a ship, I mean, something is wrong. Something is desperately wrong. That's not the cruise line's fault. But I'm sure that there's going to be people saying, oh, we need, we need, uh, they need to pay for our cruise because we saw this lady jump into the ocean. It was horrible. My children were by when she was arguing and they need better. I want my money back. I want a free cruise. And, uh, you know what? I might need a little bit of cash too. (laughs) Oh, okay. You sure? Yeah. I think I need a little bit of cash. I do. I mean, they just had the one guy, who lived, remember the ship that uh, started sinking and people actually, I mean, we lost a lot of lives The uh, off the coast of Concordia, the cruise ship. And I mean, you remember the pictures of it, you know, tilting into the ocean. And I mean, it had 4,000 passengers. That was when you could, you know, when people actually wanted to go on cruises. And uh, the captain is went to prison for his handling of that and uh, manslaughter, people die. Well, one of the passengers claims to have PTSD because of that. And I know that they had, they gave a lot of the passengers' families who died. I mean, there were millions of dollars uh, given out. And as well, I mean, the, it, it should. Not a, you know, not a terrible thing at all. The lawsuits are, you know, absolutely worthy. I mean, I feel like the cruise line has already paid out I mean, $100 million, something like that. But this guy claimed to have PTSD. And he's been fighting this for, since 2012. That was a long time ago. Wow. Doesn't seem like that long ago. And he just won $105,000. Now, I'm thinking, you did all that fighting since 2012 to get $105,000. Uh, you needed another attorney, bro. That seems like it wasn't enough. Unless he got other money from the crash money. I, I don't know that it didn't say that he got any money from that or not. So if he only got the 105000 poof, that is nothing. All right, so a lot has happened over the weekend. We had uh, the Olympics are now officially over. Thank you, the Beijing Olympics. I mean, we do have the Paralympics coming up, but the medal count is in. We have uh, Norway, Germany, China, USA, Sweden. Those are the, the top five in the gold medal count. Sweden tied with the United States with eight gold medals. China had nine. Uh, Germany had 12. And Norway had 16 gold medals. But the medal count, if total medal count, it's looking like Germany, I mean, Norway, Germany, USA. China's got to be pissed, man. I mean, come on now. They, They came in second in gold medals. Total medal counts. No, I'm sorry. They came in third in gold medal counts. And they came in, I think, fourth or fifth in total. Wow. Not good. Not good. The U.S. had 25 total. 
medals, so that gets them to third because Germany had uh, 27 and Norway had 29-37. Norway kicked butt, man. No doubt. Anyway, it's over. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm sure that uh, Remy Lindholm from Finland is happy about it. He suffered from a frozen penis the other day. That <laughs> can't be good. You can quote me on that. That cannot be good. He uh, spent an hour and 16 minutes traversing the course in howling freezing winds, leading to his penis becoming frozen for the second time in a cross-country skiing race. Uh, the same thing happened in Finland uh, last year to my man. Uh, maybe it's time to give up cross-country skiing. You know, what do you think? I know you love it, uh, but, uh, you know, outdoors and, you know, after the first time, you think, not going to happen again. But when it happens the second time, you think, you know what, I'm, I'm done. I'm not gonna, I don't want my penis frozen anymore. And I don't know how, you, I mean, do you take your time? Is it like frostbite? to get it uh, warmed up again. I mean, and you can only with the suits, and I'm sure that there's only so much protection you can have worn under the suits by the racers, right? So, I mean, they have to... I mean, I guess it was so cold that they were allowing some things to be extra on their suits, but uh, he's, he used a heat pack, I guess, to thaw out the old bad boy after the race was over. And when body starts to warm up after the finish, it gets your body is uh, the pain is unbearable, right? I mean, I, I I personally have not ever had a frozen penis. I so many so many jokes, and uh, you know I don't want to. I mean, it's a terrible thing, and I feel sorry for Remy. And you know, if I ever meet uh, Remy Lindholm, he's probably not going to want to be say, "Oh yeah, the penis freeze guy." But uh, maybe it's Remy. Time to give it up, bro. Okay? Time to give it up. Now, this is your claim to fame. Maybe you use it for some cash. I don't know. You make the rounds. Remy, what are you doing now? Well, I'm advising people to make sure that they keep their penis warm when out in the cold because you don't want to be like me. I've I've had my penis frozen for uh, two times uh, in Olympic uh, battles and in during the Olympics. And, uh, it's not pretty, it's not a fun sight. And there's only, if it's like, uh, if it's like frostbite, you can't heat it up too fast, right? <laughs> Cause you get burned. And so you got, it's gotta be a slow process and oh boy, that does not sound like fun. I'm glad I have not had that happen. I've had a number of things that have been a lot of pain, uh, but I have never had a frozen penis, either one of my own or tried another. All right. And then we have a music group suing NBC. So the figure skating and figure skating pair Alexa Aniram and Brandon Frazier saying that the copyright of the song House of the Rising Sun was violated when the pair used it for their short program earlier this week. I would just like to say that I'm pretty sure nobody saw it. So I don't know that it matters. (laughs) But according to the brothers, Robert and... Aaron Mardersorian, 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 how much I love him, Robert and Aaron, M-A-R-D-E-R-O-S-I-A-N, and I apologize, 
but they're known for their compositions in numerous television shows, movies, trailers, advertisements, video games, uh, there are, such as ESPN's 30 for 30, Adidas, Deadpool, and The Simpsons. One of their compositions, House of the Rising Sun, is based on the traditional folk song, but their version of it is a signature song of theirs throughout the world, and it has been famously used for the film The Magnificent Seven and Ford Auto commercials, and during the figure skating event, uh, it was used for their short program, and they won a silver medal for it, but that's not enough. The brothers alleged they were never contacted uh, by anyone to use the song for the performance, and they also allege NBC, USA Network, and Peacock never inquired either since it was broadcast on all mentioned platforms. So NBC is going to cost them a little bit of cash on that bad boy, and the ratings were down a huge. They were down, like, I think at least 40%. The ratings were up on the streaming platforms, but that's all they provided was the streaming platform. So absolutely, the percentages of people watching on the streaming platforms were up, but the overall number was way down. So I'm not really sure that matters. And then we had the Ottawa police. I believe they are uh, done now. They've uh, come in and opened up the streets. They've arrested, according to this, at least 170 uh, remaining protesters involved in the trucker-led demonstrations and the against the COVID-19 restrictions and the officials say downtown roads have been cleared so yay yay and I know that they're investigating everybody around the uh, protest which is just hideous of them but then we have the freedom convoy that's planning to go to DC and the headlines are all planning to invade DC and it's going to be like a boa constrictor. I know organizer Bob Bolas, who I do not know, but no one supports truckers more than this program, Chewing the Fat. And uh, he said that uh, we intend to circle, I shouldn't say he, Bob said we intend to circle Washington, D.C. And basically, I'll give you an analogy of that of a giant boa constrictor. Bolas said uh, in an interview with Fox 5, D.C.'s Lindsey Watts, that basically squeezes you, chokes you, and then swallows you. And that's what we're going to do to D.C. Uh, it's not going to, I feel like, you know, we talked to those truckers on Trucker Tuesday. And I've been reading, I just kind of feel like the best, I don't know that that's going to win any anybody's hearts. Uh, I get that we want to do that. I do. I understand it, but I don't think it's going to win any hearts. And we talked about it on uh, Trucker Tuesday where the truckers are going to start to be seen as the bad guys. What I think should happen is, uh, and this is just me, I'm not a trucker, I'm just throwing it out there, perhaps the truckers should just, I don't know, say, you know, we're not going to take the road today. Don't block up, block the roads, leave the roads open, just don't deliver for a week or take a week off. Truckers, a week off, the shelves will be empty, you'll make your point. Uh, stop the mandates, uh, tr- call it, uh, you know, trucker vacation freedom or freedom freedom vacation something to prove your point but i don't know that blocking roads and and squeezes and chokes dc uh does you any good but you know i'm with you i'm with you no question and i see where they're putting the perimeter fence back up ahead of the state of the union address so that's good right (laughs) what unbelievable so they're reinstalling the perimeter fence around the uh, Capitol uh, ahead of President Biden's State of the Union address. 
and also as the truckers uh, are headed to D.C. So that'll be fun. That'll be something to look forward to. And we got news, which is great, that the Department of Justice is going to start investigating companies for what they call illicit profits. The Department of Justice said, hey, you know, we're going to begin investigating companies for earning excessive profits. (laughs) amid surging inflation and ongoing supply chain issues. Yeah, that's what we'll do. I hate those companies that are in it to make profits. Those bastards. Uh, I mean, that's our Department of Justice in today's world, for sure. And just amazing times we live in, that's for sure. And also, Ukraine is, I know, on the edge. At the time of this recording, they have not been attacked. Okay, they were. Uh, Russia has not tried to invade Ukraine at the time of this recording. I did love the fact that uh, Germany offered to send them five thousand helmets. <laughs> uh, it's not even. It's not really funny. I mean, it's just Germany trying to uh, trying to be uh, a smartass to the Ukraine and trying to say that we're trying to help them out as well. Uh, I know that the U, you know, the UK and the U S have sent hardware and I'm good with that. Send them hardware, let them, you know, give them all the, give them what they need, but we're not sending our troops in. No, sorry, not going to happen. We got enough problems. Uh, we don't need, we don't need that. However, Germany said, uh, and I know Ukraine was a little pissed and they should have been. Germany said, Hey, we'll send you, you know, 5,000 military helmets to help out. <laughs> you guys, you know, well, there's going to be a lot of rubble flying around when, uh, Vlad starts bombing your cities. So, you know, pass out the helmets so people don't get hit with the rubble. That is just amazing. Hey, hey, we'll send you 5,000 helmets. I don't know that that's actually happened. I think that was more of a, of Germany saying that they would, but they didn't really mean it. So it's just a slap in the face. But uh, hey, uh, we'll send you 5,000 helmets to help out. Oh, thank you. You son of a... Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.